Welcome to the latest episode. If you've come this far, I am Sean and uh, our podcast, if you've come this far, is where my friend Chris and I have authentic conversations with interesting people about what they do to make life interesting, more fulfilling, more impactful. Um, really, we just like to inspect how they're living. And um Today's episode is what I refer to as a wrap up of season one, which, <laughs> which is basically everything we've done up to this point. So, um, yeah, you if you're disappointed that there's no guest, my apologies, but this is probably going to be fun. So, Chris. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look. I think it's going to be fun. Um, the reason it's so funny, though, when you like we had this debate, like, do we or what are we wrapping up here? Are we wrapping up 2022 or do we go ahead and uh, wrap up all you know the entire history, uh, the, <laughs> the entire history, which actually included seven episodes in 2021. Um, and so I think since we didn't do a wrap up for 2021, this makes perfect sense that we just kind of review. We're not going to review everything, but. Um, there was, I think you took a slight sabbatical. I think that's, I think that's what kind of impacted our. Okay. Okay. So you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I did run some numbers here and, um, and, uh, for the published dates that I could find. So there was a sabbatical from October of 21 and I can't believe it was this long, but according to Spotify, um, we didn't publish another one until March of 22. So yeah. there was 158 days between uh, yeah. uh, our last episode in 21 and our first in 22. Yeah. The good news though, Sean, post-sabbatical, post-sabbatical since March, um, we've been averaging just over 14 days between podcasts. So we're, mm-hmm. we're, we've gotten we've gotten into a bit of a groove here. Yep. Agreed. Uh, which is reflects a lot of things. One is that um, we've been able to attract some people. There's been some interest shown by various guests and potential guests. Um, your your humble producer, i.e. me, um, has has gotten his shit together a little bit uh, when it comes to uh, to pulling these things together. But um, but it feels good. It feels good to be in a groove, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Some of the other numbers I ran that I thought would be interesting before we kind of dig into some of the things we heard people talk to us about. Um, well, so 26 total episodes, that's not published. That includes three that are going to be published in the next month or so that we've already mm-hmm. recorded. But of those 26, do you want to hazard a guess as to how many of those guests um, have been uh, mental health focused? Oh, interesting. Um, 15. I think you could have probably stretched it to be 15, but the, those, I was, I was just qualifying those that, that either write about, um, have a career in, do research in, teach about uh, uh, mental health. And there's 10 of those. So mm. just about 40%. Um, we had, uh, we've, you know, uh, just under 10% are, are educators in some way, shape or form. Um, the biggest category of the categories I wanted to track, uh, was authors, um, yeah. many of whom are new authors or, or had just written a book about they, about which they wanted to come and, and talk to us about. So 11, 11 authors. So 42% of, of our, of our guests have been authors. 
Uh, How many doctors? So that's a good question. I was going to do that. Um, I could probably tell you quickly, but um, let me let me let me give you a proxy for that, which is academics. So uh, six academics, um, I think all of whom were um, PhDs. That doesn't include the MDs, of course. So yeah. probably eight or nine um, doctors. Uh, although one of our guests. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Dave Dunn, he's, he, he, he took issue with, with the requirement to call doctors doctors if we didn't mm-hmm. have to call other professions by some by some titular um, sort of made up thing or thingamabob. Um, uh, but we had the doctors that we did have join us uh, were all of our guests have been really interesting and, and enjoyable. Um, we did have five members. We have had five members of men living um, as guests, mostly in the early days when we were uh, cutting our teeth, but that doesn't mean they were any less worthy of guests. Um, well, and Rosen stage. thinks he's a doctor of love. So there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he falls under a lot of different categories. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to add that as a new field doctor of love. Um, that'll always be stuck at one. So <laughs> Um, there's no other real patterns that I see in, in what we've been doing and who we've been attracting. Um, uh, and I, I kind of like it that way. Yeah, there's certainly no, there's certainly no pattern in at least the people I've been reaching out to. It's like, oh, that'd be an interesting person to talk. Just, just like we did it. That'd be an interesting person to talk to. Right. Well, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves. Right. 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 Even though we've had 10 people that would fall into the mental health category. Does that say something about us? I mean, in a way, so much of what we do is is focus on mental wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't yeah. that really what getting more out of life, leading a fuller life, a happier life um, comes back to? I don't know. It's a, it's a big part of it, I think. Yeah. And I would say also that when you look at our list of, of, of people we're, 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 we're working on getting to come and we have a, a lot of people committed and contacted, mm-hmm. um, there's more of that. There's more of that to come. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, my, my temptation is to ask you, Sean, um, who your favorite was, but I mean, that's not something we can go into. I mean, you no. could say, what if I ask you uh, who's not your favorite? Then you could you could easily come up with that. Oh, no, that's not nice. <laughs> that wasn't directed this... at you, Todd Adams. Yeah. So right. don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, he's going to be crushed. That's not nice. <laughs> that's not nice. No, he, he uh, Todd um, has the distinction of being the only two-time guest, right? Because he correct. was on as a guest talking about his own life and work. Uh, and then he came well, and even when we were talking about Father Himes, he was kind of talking about himself. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the risk you run. <laughs> oh, he was great. I, I would have him on again. Um, and I don't owe him anything either. So I'm saying that uh, genuinely. I know. Um, what, what, did you, uh, what did you learn the most? What have you learned the most so far? Any anything that you could point to question. that? Um, so I have. There's a lot that I've learned. You know, uh, you know. There's a saying in design thinking that that, um, and this is this is going, of course, a little bit. But in design thinking, uh, I've heard people talk about um, uh, innovation equals invention plus adoption. And I think in the work that we do, it's like you, you you can learn a ton of stuff. You can't 
use everything you learn. Mm. And so when I talk about having learned a lot, that is not to say that I've practiced um, the learnings from 26 podcasts that we've done, right? Right. Because, um, sure. you know, life is, is only 24 hours in a day. But I would say that I've I've learned a lot and I could probably go into some specifics, but I would also just say that um, there is an energy you get from talking to people who are working hard at life, mm-hmm. not in life, not as a career, um, um, but, but like working hard at making life better um, at making the, uh, the, the one point during one podcast, you, I forget what words you use, but you talked about how we've only got one trip, like, mm-hmm. right. And, mm-hmm. and so you can't waste it. And so uh, this is why it's easy to do this every two weeks to talk to someone else who's dealing with something else that society needs or that men need, or that kids need um, that, that might help more people. And so that's really energizing. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, and I think just the fact I think we were talking about this the other night, just the fact that we decided to just have these conversations and record people that are willing to come and talk to us is just, it's one of those things that I, I, I deem it one of those things that people talk about doing all the time. Oh yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do a podcast. Well, I and, mean, anyone can, anyone can, but but do you just do it? You know, it's just yeah. kind of about doing things. Yeah. There's a little bit of serendipity. There's a little bit of energy that I get out of my relationship with you um, that I think convinced me that it that it it might not be a horrible idea. Um <laughs> and, and it's also humbling too when when these people agree to come on. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple guests that we're gonna publish um in January and February um who are remarkable. They're yeah. doing remarkable things. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I, know, I, I mean, and nothing against, you know, and again, the list, the list, the previous 26, all are doing living, as we say, uh, very interesting lives. Yeah. But, but, but I think about, you know, this, this idea of, of, of doing and not talking about, you know, Clint, Michael Clinton, that was a huge takeaway for, for me. I mean, just the, the whole I mean, he's a go-go guy. It's crazy, right? But yeah. but but the whole idea of it, you don't, there are no barriers. There are no barriers unless you put them up yourself. Um, and I think that's a that's a message we could probably look at so many of the conversations we've had. Um and and so can you let those barriers down in order to get the most out of what's here? Yeah. I mean, Katie talks about it. I mean, Clinton talks about it. Um I mean, Ben Feller, really, I mean, big problems, little problems. I mean, got to let the problems go. I mean, so that's a, that's a theme. I think that's, that's really impactful to me. It is. I mean, the one thing, and I may have brought this up with Michael Clinton, but, um, but, but there is a limitation to this notion that if you want to do something, there's no, there's no barriers, right? Like we, we are people of, 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 privilege and good fortune. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think, I think the common denominator across the 26 people and maybe the two of us too, in, in the process of doing this podcast is that it's hard to have a bad conversation if you're talking about something that you care deeply about. So yeah. all 26 of these guests come onto the podcast because there's something that they're, 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 they're psyched to, to share. 
uh, or, you know, and, and I don't think they're thinking about how many listeners we have and, and with whom they get to share it. They're just, they want to talk about what they're doing. Jason Rone, um, is wants yeah. to, um, help people, uh, help kids take more away from sport. Right. Um, uh, you know, and West Becton, um, who I love, um, grew mm-hmm. up with this hero of a dad and he, he's taken, he took lessons from his dad that, that, that he, he is sharing in his day-to-day life. So like, I can point to every one of them. Um, you know, the academics are studying stuff that Saeed Hill, come on, does anyone yeah, have better right. energy than Saeed Hill? <laughs> right. So, so let me, so, but I want to go back to, I want to, I want to explore your comment though, about, about, um, uh, I, the way I'm I, I'm interpreting your comment about Michael Clinton is that he, he may have made it sound like it's easy to basically do whatever you want to do, um, and uh, knowing what he talks about, where he came from, I mean, it's an it's an attitude of of you know he didn't he certainly did wasn't born on third base. Correct. And so, and so is it, is it easy just to say that, no, you know, these barriers will, can, can, you know, these, these situations that we're, we're born into or that we live in um, are barriers that can't be overcome. I, I don't think that the that the so again Michael Clinton wrote this book Roar about roaring into the second half of your life. Um, mm-hmm. He did he 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 sort of I wouldn't say he studied but he profiled um, mm-hmm. dozens of people who had made a successful transition so from yes. one career to another post retirement into something like the arts or whatever. A lot of interesting people. I don't think what he's selling is. Hey, anyone can do anything. So I don't want to misrepresent his his lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but I do count my lucky stars every day, right? Like um, I got to go to school in great places. I got to serve in the military. Um, and and I I just I guess the distinction I'm making there is like uh, we're also not trying to, to to sell this product where it's like, hey, come listen to these conversations. And even if you're living hand to mouth you can do whatever you want. Right. You know, I, I'm, I guess I'm being, this is the realist side of me talking right now. Um, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. No, I, I'm not taking it as Debbie Downer. I, I, I think um, it's as much, you know, the people that are in desperate situations of difficulty to do things that they may want to do to, to get out of their desperation. Um, uh, but everyday people are, are allowing barriers conditioning to keep them from doing the things they want to do to live the most fulfilling life. I, I mean, definitely I, I think that's think we're prevalent. seeing every day. Yeah, no, it's definitely prevalent. I mean, I get overcome by events. There's another military term for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. All the time. And it keeps, I mean, here's this exercise. There's, you know, that exercise we've done in men living multiple times where it's like, sit down and think about how you're spending your life in terms of your relationship with your spouse, your, 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 your role as a parent, your professional life, your spiritual life, your intellectual life, and now go 
and think about how you wish you divided your time and effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always really different. And so a lot of times the the gap there for me is just because of, you know, so-called constraints, like I have to do this or I have mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there is a lesson in that, uh, in a lot of these conversations too. And I, you know, it's, a, again, it's part lesson, part inspiration. Yeah. Um, like live your best self, exploit your exploits, probably not the right word, but, but take advantage of the gifts that you have. Um, which again is a common denominator of, of the people that we've had a chance to interview. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, your guy, I was with someone, Oh, uh, my friend Pat Roach said that instead of going to mass um, one Sunday morning, they just pulled up Father Father Heim's speech oh. on YouTube, and that was the and that was their mass for Sunday. Um, I love that. Everything everything in Father Heim's is kind of is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I get a little sheepish when you say that because because I have I have tried to live according to that man's teachings for a while. Um, and almost think that I'm too big a promoter of them, but but they're also really simple. Well, they're not like academic or elitist or preachy in any way. They're just they're sort of basic. He 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 tells he 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 relates those lessons in a way that's uncommonly eloquent, um, which I think is again I think Todd may have mentioned that on that episode. I think that's why it lands with me a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's easy, and that goes back to like okay. Um, innovation being invention plus adoption. Some things we've talked about with people are a little too complicated. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to adopt Katie's, the work um, anytime soon. I might adopt parts of it. Um, You know, uh, Roar, it's not not what I need right now. Um, And again, you can't take 26 frameworks from 26 podcast guests and like put them all into action. You know what it's like? Especially when you can't stand frameworks. (laughs) I know, I hate frameworks. I've used that metaphor before of the golf swing. Do you remember me saying this? Like that old story where it's like, you know, Sean and Chris are out playing golf one day. And after every swing, Chris is like, oh, my left elbow is out. Oh, I came from uh, outside in. Oh, I moved my head. And by the 12th, 12th hole, Sean looks at Chris and goes, hey, I think I figured out what your problem is. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's po- it's entirely possible to overthink things in, in absolutely too many frameworks. Absolutely. I was I was having a conversation today with with someone who was showing me this presentation and on this one slide it was about leadership and on this one slide literally there was 15 different types of leadership yeah I, you know and and then on on the other side of the slide were examples and it had to be 25 eight traits of leader good oh, leader yeah, 24 sure, of this yeah. six of that it's just like are you shitting me? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I, I get it. It's a business. You can, you can come up with your framework and sell a book and do talks and all the rest, but, and, and there's some gold in there, right? I mean, we don't want to trash it all. There's, there's certainly there's gold there, but 
but you can't you can't get consumed by all that. Look, Gallup puts out a strength finder survey where they, yep. they assess you on thirty four different strengths. You've yep. you've had you've had you know um, Myers Briggs, which yep. tells you I can't keep those acronyms straight. I N E F B X T P whatever they are. You've got Enneagram. Right, which is probably right. the longest, you know, the oldest sort of uh, framework, and I think where where I have a hard time with that is like, if I spend too much time thinking about the framework, I'm going to forget to live. Yeah. Right. So, so I yeah. think that's I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's like find the gold and th- and then run with it and set that framework aside and, and then and then and then run with whatever nugget you took from it. Well, and I, I also struggle with the, you know, the, the pseudo psychological labels that get put and, and the fact that, you know, m- many say, okay, well, this is me. I mean, I'm this, I'm that, whatever, whatever my four letters are, whatever my number is, this is me. And it's just like, well, I, I don't know, not really. No, you're Chris. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. No one fits neatly into any Myers Briggs or 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 Enneagram right. bucket. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's the hope. It sheds a little bit of light, maybe, on what you're trying to work on, or where where you something that you'd like to be less like, um, or or more like, right? Um, and then and then you do go you, back do, and you do, do you the do work. those? Do you do those personality assessments at all for people that you hire? Have you ever done that? I've done strengths finder. I mean, I think I think strength finders is probably among the more pragmatic of those things, right? Mm. Because it's interesting for an individual to sort of look at those strengths. And again, it's 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 survey based, and so it's very imperfect. And so you should, no one should be led to think that oh, I uh, my thirty third strongest strength out of thirty four was woo. I don't know how to mm-hmm. pitch woo, which is literally one of the strengths. And think that oh that I'm never going to be able to be a salesperson or whatever right, um, but you know if you focus on the tails like like is as is true with a lot of data you might say okay well there's a little something there like this mm-hmm. this no one wants this to turn into a data discussion but I will say that Nate Silver has a great quote that I've always loved is like um, the data don't tell I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but the data don't tell us the answers we have to imbue the data with meaning, right? Mm, so we can take mm, data mm-hmm. from, from whatever, you know, personality type survey you take. And then you got it. And then that's the, when the work starts, right? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, but the other thing about strength planners, just to back to sort of like defend why I might use it is because it's also interesting for a team, right? If you look at a team and you're like, oh, the team shares the same top five strengths across the board, like, oh, well, maybe we should think about where the team could use a little more execution or, you know, uh, communication or whatever strength might be missing. Well, have have you, have you managed that way before? Have you managed according to some of those assessments in that way? Uh, yeah, sure have. Yeah. Yeah. And has it worked out? Yeah. I've never had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you say, you know, you got five creative people and then you, you throw in an execution person, I would think the execution person would get eaten up for lunch. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, I was, I was exaggerating in that scenario, right? Like you never end up with all five the same, Um, but, but strength finder does take, this is horrible that we're going to this far down this path, but it does break the, the 34 strengths into different categories. And so you might be like, well, here's one of the four categories where 
none of us show up, right? Yeah. And and let's say that category of strategic thinking, for example, you're like, oh, well, we we should either step back and think more about what we, I mean, again, you, you could draw the same analogy to that exercise that I referred to earlier, where like I, I wish I was spending a lot more time on my intellectual health than I am. And so let's, you know, let's let's use that in a way to like reallocate the resources, my limited resources of life. So, wow, nerd fest. We're in the middle of a nerd fest right now. That's how we roll. That's how know, we roll. You never, you, never know, you never know what you're going to get. Hey, thanks for listening to If You've Come This Far. This episode is brought to you by Judson and Moore, distillers of American whiskey right here in Chicago. You can stop by their tasting room uh, located in their distillery. Uh, just on the west side of the Chicago River and just south of Belmont. And uh, you can grab a delicious cocktail, a bottle of single malts or bourbon or rye. And uh, on many nights, you can enjoy some fantastic music. They attract some great acts. Now back to the episode. Let, let me throw that the, the original question, which led us down this rabbit hole back at you. Like, what... Um, do you have any highlights in terms of what you learned from 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 our guests so far? One, I probably one of the biggest things in 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 my experience is this is we can we can get a third person to come have a conversation with us, and for the most part, and hopefully the listeners would agree, um, strangers end up having. I mean, I there. I can't tell you a person that I wouldn't want to have more conversations with. I think, I think in almost every case you've been like, well, we got to do another one. I mean, because, <laughs> because we're not done. And I, you know, there's part, there's people that do podcasts that last two hours. That's, you know, I would not want to roll that way, despite the fact that, that, you know, there's many of these people that I could talk to for that long. Um, so, so my biggest, I think my biggest takeaway is all of them have been pretty, special experiences for me um people that i'm like wow i would i you know i wish i could talk to them so much you know so much more than we have um i mean i know that like with paul sullivan from company of dads i mean i've reached out to him many times on on a number of different things um but that's you know that's a that's a huge takeaway for me and i think the other thing is that um I, whenever I see new kids on the block, I think of <laughs> Billy Baker going on that cruise. I'm like, dude, how, I, I you'd always think about that. How the hell did you do that? The conversations that we've had have been so much fun, deep fun. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was not, I was not ever blowing smoke when I said to any of our guests, Hey, could, we'd love to reserve the right to, to invite you back. Yes. I will say that when I, I don't think I, I don't know if I ever got more excited than when Susan Engel, Dr. Susan Engel, who's at Williams College, told us about the class. So she's a, she's a a psychiatric academic. And she told us about the class that she created and is leading. It's called Scammers and Suckers, right? Or is it Suckers Suckers and Scammers? Suckers and Scammers. So yeah. are you are you uh, are you teasing the episode? Because I'm not sure the will the episode come out before this or after this. Well, 
Well, Susan's first <laughs> episode will come out after this. Yes. And then and then I'm like deadly serious about getting her to come back on to talk about that because what it's about is about some of the sort of mo- more notorious scammers of pro- yes. I don't know what the time frame is but the last decade including what's her name from Theranos who yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes Elizabeth Bernie, Holmes who Bernie Madoff yeah Bernie Madoff yeah so all I mean they're all fascinating for their ability to I, I, I call call it what it is lie to lie to others and lie to themselves I think on some level yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and not that we wouldn't say this about every every guest, but I, you know, she can't be missed. I mean, if you if you like if you like, you know, the banter that we get with a guest, it's uh it's a it's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. I really like right? Susan a lot. Yeah. I know you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I hate to say that about anyone because I could go down this entire list and say, um, here's here's another thing I know for sure that I will convene with you in Daryl Postelnik's backyard and eat a lot of food at some point. Will it get recorded as a podcast? I don't, I don't give a shit. Right. But, but I want to, Hey, I want to hang out with that guy and B I want to eat the food that he makes. Well, if it does get recorded as a podcast, he's not going to let his, his followers hear about it. I don't know what that (laughs) was all about. I'm just going to like, I know uh, slightly more about TikTok than I do about boy bands, but yeah. not, not a lot more. I, I, I honestly am not even sure I can yet log into to TikTok, um, but he was, he was a treat too. I'm going down the list. Jordan Shapiro. How about that guy? How to be yes. a, how to be a feminist dad. Yeah. He, he, he was full of energy. I, it, it, it's, um, I mean, this might be a good place to bring up. Like, we've gotten feedback um, from from more than a few people about more than a few episodes where they're like, you know what that that conversation didn't resonate with me or didn't yeah. land with me. Yeah, um, and that's okay, right? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm also learning through this whole process with you. Um, I mean, I've said this for a while now that my next tattoo is going to be that Walt Whitman quote that came out in a Ted Lasso episode, which is be curious, not judgmental. And that's, that's, uh, it's a muscle I'm, I'm strengthening via this too, because, you know, you know, you talk about my sort of disdain for the over proliferation of frameworks. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of always go into these things with like, Oh, another framework or whatever. Um, but again, I've, I've gotten to the point where it's like I can see some progress in how I'm able to be less judgmental, look for the nugget, and take what it, take what it gives me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I think and, and I think it's interesting to bring up that quote when we talk about conversations that you know so, some people it didn't land for them. Um, yeah, I mean, often when I hear that, I'm like, okay, well, did you learn? What did did you learn anything? I mean, was there anything that you know you came away with? I mean, if you spent the time, you know, is there one thing that maybe you took away from it? And maybe, and maybe it, maybe it's not necessarily something positive, but something that you learned about yourself or whatever. Um, but yeah, can you remain? Can you remain curious in the in the moment? Yeah, right. Another another thing that just occurred to me. Was, I mean, on paper, your old friend Daryl Postelnik, um is the least perfect fit, probably for 
the nature of our podcast in a way, right? Like, like he's, he doesn't study mental health. Um, he hasn't written a book. Um, and yet, you know, we asked those four questions or it used to be four. Now it's three questions at the end of every right. episode. And at some right. point I do want to, I do want to aggregate those and, and s- sort of test where there's similarities, but that guy offered me a nugget um, in a, in a sort of flippant way where when we asked him what he would tell his 10 year old self, he kind of, he, he's such a mensch too. Like he, yeah. he kind of, he kind of laughed and he kind of, you know, he didn't dismiss the question, but then out of the blue, he said, what I would tell my 57 year old self is talk to your mom more. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's like, that was almost like what a therapist would have told me, right? Mm-hmm. Just fucking talk to your mom more. And it goes back to your, your comment about, you know, you only getting one, one trip here or one run at this. So I was wondering, so as, as we complete our first season, uh, will the three questions stay the same or will you ask three different questions in season two? Or, or do we need questions anymore? Right. Is it getting tired? Oh, I don't, that's, I don't know. Are you, I mean, are you getting tired of it? You know, I, I don't think anyone has come at those questions with anything prepared. I mean, I think a lot of our guests have listened to the show before. They probably, I don't know if they paid attention enough to, or even maybe stuck around to the end to know what was coming. But I feel like we've gotten genuine, authentic answers for most people. And for some people, those questions make them pause, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, I, I mean, the way we, the way those questions were arrived at was kind of like, those are sort of seminal questions. Yeah. Like, like, what do you wish you knew when you were 10? Um, what are you thinking about in terms of how you're going through life now? Yeah. And then what, what do you want your mark to be? Or in Father Heim's yeah. terms, what do you want the definite message to, to yeah. be that you have uttered most definitely? So I think that they're still super relevant to what we're trying to do. And, and I always feel a little bit cheesy when I ask them. Which is fine, which is fine. By the way, uh, he tried to act like he didn't think about them, but Sean wouldn't definitely oh, yeah. thought about his answers. He was he was hemming on. And I'm like, dude, you you definitely thought about how you're going to answer these. Yeah, well, I mean, and and Sean is a men living uh, guy, and so right. he's probably listened to all of them, and so he, yeah. he he he. It's probably been more on his mind. But you know what, if I mean, the whole point is to be thinking about those things. Sure. Absolutely. If he was, and he is a super um, intellectual guy, like he, he, he's a, he's a thinker. How about this question? How do you feel uh, about the name for the podcast that we ultimately came up with? Yeah, I think (laughs) um, we didn't spend a lot of time on it. We did not. We did not spend a lot of time on it. And I think, um, you know, given you know the size of your brain, um, you you know you're like, hey, how about this? And and I, you know, I think we early on we explained it a little bit, and now we now we now we just blow right by it. I'm not really sure how many people really know where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean. 
for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, it comes from Shawshank Redemption. And so I think the the message um, in the context of that movie is really well aligned. Is it the most marketable title in the world? No. Although you did a great job with um, with uh, sort of the logo, kind of kind of nailed that. Um, maybe not terribly marketable, little little wordy. Um, but I mean, when you think about it, it's like here's a guy red in that movie who doesn't think he's ever going to get out of his rut of being in prison, and then he does one day to his own surprise, and someone close to him invites him to like to, to maybe go a step further right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you, look like look where you got to here um like why not why not go why not come a little further so um yeah i mean in terms of meaning it's meaning i think it it, it was perfect in terms of marketing suboptimal oh i i don't know about i don't know about that i mean why, why, why would you say that I don't know. It's not. It's something I worry about. Like we don't worry about marketing anyway. You know? <laughs> right. right. So we're not. We're not. Uh, I think the probability of us selling our podcast to Amazon for eighty million dollars is um is uh is low. <laughs> Mark this day. Mark this day. What day is it? December twelfth. By the way, uh, to this day is. The thirtieth anniversary of my engagement. Hey, congratulations! Yeah, I was told. I might not that I remembered. My wife told me. <laughs> Do you know what happened on this day thirty years ago? No. <laughs> the, the lesson there is to use. Technology. Oh, are you telling me you would know? Would you know? Uh, I would know. You would? Because was it like on your birthday or something? Well, actually, I take that back. I wouldn't know the engagement. I would not. I thought I did. I would not. Oh, oh, man. Is that something we should know? I don't know. I remember everything else about my engagements. Um, You had more than one? No, I said engagement. One engagement. I remember. You You said engagements. No, no, no. You misheard me. Must be an audio issue. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, you, well, you. That won't be a surprise. Shocker. No, I remember everything else. I think it was actually on my. Of course, my daughter wasn't born yet, but I think it was on the day that my daughter eventually was born. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah. Well, that's congratulations. That's that's a big deal. And so why are you in a T-shirt right now and not on your way out to dinner? It's an, it's an engagement. It was, you know, we're, we've been married 29. Like I said, we've been, we got married. We got engaged after dating six months and got married six months later. Wow. Yeah, you're not messing around. Does 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 your does your kids or your wife listen to the podcast? My wife does. And and does she have any hard feedback for me? She's like maybe so she like Chris should let Sean talk more. Does she say that? No, no. <laughs> I think she likes it better when you talk more. Actually, she's like, thank God, thank God, you're not talking. Who knows? Come on, come on. I hear enough mouth. from you. <laughs> I'm saying something stupid again. Well, yeah. Thanks, honey. <laughs> Not true at all. But, but you all. know, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, how different interviews, um, 
uh, land with different people in different ways. So it's it's funny to listen to what she says versus what maybe one of my friends says. And um, but yes, she listens. The kids, yeah, nah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say this: that that there, in other ways, the podcast has has helped with some of my relationships. So, for example. Um, we are going to get the opportunity to interview Matthew Quick. I can say that, right? Like, that's not going to, there's no great yeah, I, don't think there. That, I don't think that's going to not happen. Yeah. Matthew Quick, who wrote the, the, the novel Silver Linings Playbook, uh, on which the, the, uh, the movie was based. Um, the Oscar winning movie. The Oscar yeah. winning movie. Yeah. yeah. And so he's written a new book, uh, I think in the same sort of epistolary format, right? It's a series of letters. And, um, I started listening to it um, on Audible. Yeah, my younger daughter, um, who is, uh, is a, uh, loves a good story, uh, was listening to it, and she usually kvetches if she hears me listening to Audible. She kvetches about like I remember when I, I listened to Ed Hajim's book um, on Audible, and uh, May couldn't stand the the voice of the narrator, mm. um, so I thought she was going to like throw barbs about this one too but but she was really interested in whatever it was that the protagonist was saying at the time and so she and i have been listening to that book together um that's going to be a fun conversation really neat guy and you haven't finished it yet right no i'm really close and i know that we talked about this friday night um and i'm kind of like on the edge of my seat because of what you shared with me yeah i i don't i don't know if you've gotten there yet but I, I've not gotten there yet. Okay. Uh, well, maybe you I have, and, I, I, and it just affected me differently. Uh, well, I've got like an hour, I've got like probably what 18% of the book left to go. And so there has been one sort of surprise along the way that, well, I sure was not expecting that. Um, but I don't know if it's what caused you um, to, to cry. Emotional. Yeah. 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 No, and like and like I like I said, I mean it's really joyful emotion because something happens that's really special. Um and that's where it that's where it gets me. So well, that's that's uh I, I, I'm I can't wait to get uh, through <laughs> that book. It's one of those books where I think I'm probably gonna read it again. Yeah. Uh yeah. Just because I know that I'm missing some things along the way, but um, but yeah, that's just a you know a preview. Well, that's a tough thing. That, I mean, like we did with Sean, what we do with Matthew. I mean, how 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 do we talk about these novels? You know, well, I mean, there's a lot underneath the stories that these you know, two guys ton, right wrote down, right? right? So, right. I mean, you could talk about the story itself, or you could talk about why you wrote that story. Like, what yeah. what what were you needing to get out of you? Yeah, um, in the process, which we'll certainly do. It's just so you know, there's there's so there's points in the stories that are just you don't want to dig into. Yeah, I want yeah. I want to dig into. Right. Um, it's like, can you imagine a literature class at high school or college where it's like, okay, today's class is uh, on this novel and the next week we'll move to the next novel. Right. Like you can't do yeah. that. Right. right. Like yes. there's way too much to unpack. So we'll try to hit the highlights, but anyway, really excited about Matthew quick. Um, excited to share our conversation with Susan Engel with Sean Wooden. Um, and, you know, excited more to come. More to come, more to come. Thank you for uh, 
for um, a coming up with the idea and then agreeing to go through with this harebrained idea. Dude, it's I I can't tell you there's it's it's um, one of the things in in my life that I look forward to more than I mean it's top five same top three is I mean yeah and yep. so um so yeah let's just keep rolling yeah yeah keep coming back listener yeah please <laughs> or or don't. If you we'll, don't, we'll be, if you don't, we'll, we'll never sell for eighty million dollars. <laughs> Mark this day. Mark this day. <laughs> I think are you shooting me? Are you shooting? <laughs> are you shooting me? They did what? Told you. But by the way, the last thing I'll say is one of my one of the things that made uh, I, I've listened to a few episodes with family members, and this same daughter May, she um, she is in um, middle school. And there are times when she has a rough go of it. And I, I played for her. It was Paul Sullivan, I believe, right? Who yeah. at one point described um, middle school as the Mariana Trench of human shittiness. Right. And and that was several months ago. And to this day, um, my 14-year-old, that's given her some perspective, right? And, wow. and, and we replay that all the time and we have a good laugh about it. So thank you, Paul. Yes. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, folks. Um, More to come. Peace and love to you all. This is Chris. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of If You've Come This Far. And this is Sean. Remember to check us out at menliving.org.